0: Uppercut Podcast, we are back with a preview of the Holly Holm vs. Bueno Silva Fight Night coming on tonight on Saturday. I guess I really shouldn't say we're back, it's just me, I'm back. Jeff and Max had shit going on, no big deal, so I'm going to come on here and do a solo preview. This is a pretty brutal card, ladies and gentlemen. There's not going to be a lot of rankings to be made after the wins or losses of this card. There's something that needs to be done about these kind of cards because they do come up once every three or four months where there's just... Not a lot of name value. I don't really foresee there being a lot of action on this card. It's going to be a tough watch. I mean, they bare minimum at least need to move the time up. A 10 p.m. start Eastern for a card like this is fucking brutal. That's leaving the the main event probably starting at 12. I mean, that's a brutal, brutal card. But... I can't really complain when there's fights on, so I'm still going to give the preview. I'm going to give Jeff and Max's picks if Max gets him in in time. If not, I'm just going to give me and Jeff's picks and just tell you a little bit about the fights in the main card. So let's open up with the main event. We have Holly Holm taking on Myra Brenes Bueno Silva. This division, the women's 135 pound bantamweight division, is extremely top heavy to say the least. It's at this point kind of a champ: Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena, Raquel Pennington. Then the rest of the pack kind of falls behind. Them three ladies really head this division. They are the talking point of this division. They have been for a while now. Holly Holm had a run, but she's 41. She's kind of been out of the mix for a while. Now, although she has been out of the mix for a while, she has won three of her last four fights. She's looked pretty damn good in in most of those bouts. She put on a very impressive five-round beatdown on Irene Aldana. That was about a pick-em headed into the fight. I think... Holly Holm was around minus 125, so about as close to a pick'em you can get without being a pick'em. She looked good against Giannis Santos. She's looked very good as of late. 41 years old. I mean, it's hard to complain about her last four fights. Bueno Silva, on the other hand, she's had a great transition from flyweight to bantamweight. She's coming off of a three-fight win streak. She's a fighter who's... Oddly enough, can find her way to submission victories, but doesn't really rely on her takedowns or wrestling. She kinda relies on her opponents to take her down. And in this fight against a vet in home, I believe that will be her demise. Home on her career has a seventy eight percent takedown defense and the grappling she does is more of control grappling esque. It's not really like she's not looking for takedowns, not BJJ really. Silva is going to struggle to find any room for a sub here. And Holly Holm, I think, in my opinion, has a pretty clear advantage on the feet. Holm put on 154 strikes against Aldana, who is also an orthodox striker, just like Silva. And of, these, and of the 154, 52% of those were to the head from the distance. So it's going to be, I think, just tough for Bueno Silva to find the distance. I don't think she's going to be able to close the gap. I just think it's going to be a tough night in the office for him. I'm going to take Holly Holm here to win, and then maybe... Get Back in the title mix, I'm not sure, it might be a little too late for this division headed forward. It's going to be kind of interesting to see paying out. It really needs some young blood. The co main we have the shining star of the card, Jack Della Maddalena from the land down under, taking on UFC debuter Basil Hafez. It'll be very interesting to see JDM shape coming into this fight immediately off of a cancellation. JDM is truly one of the young striking phenoms in the UFC. His combos are otherworldly. The way his hands move and the fluidity in which he strikes is really not something you see that often in the UFC. You really only see it from the top guys. It's more of almost like a boxing-esque kind of striking he does. It's very just clean, crisp. He doesn't really miss much. It's he's just He's a guy a must-watch if you want to get into the UFC. Bazil Hafez brings some interesting things to this matchup. He's the same size as JDM. He has an extremely high motor early on. He comes full bore early trying to work on his takedowns. He also has some pretty damn hard-hitting strikes. I mean, his striking isn't the crispest. He definitely is lacking in the striking comparison to JDM, but he hits hard when he lands, and he definitely tries to find the takedowns, and he has a really high motor. This could be JDM's maybe toughest matchup to date, just style-wise. But to me, JDM is a clear striking advantage here. I don't really think we'll see him get tested until he starts fighting in the rankings. JDM, probably by a second round knockout, I think uh, Hafez will be able to outlast that round one storm that JDM might try to put on him. Hafez might actually implement the storm himself in round one. So I would say he survives round one, makes it to round two. JDM's going to find his way and finish him. Next up, we have Adaman Azaitar taking on Francisco Prado. Azaitar started his UFC career great with two knockouts, but those were also almost four years ago. His first knockout was on a card where it was headlined by Dustin Poirier against Habib and I don't know if everyone remembers where they were at that moment when Poirier almost finished Habib, but I remember jumping out of the couch just being so fucking pumped and then... You know obviously Habib come back finished Poirier himself but to me that fight just seems like it was an eternity ago I mean UFC years are dog years people these years mean so much you don't really get like 15 20 year careers in the UFC they're very rare and when they happen they don't usually end the prettiest or they have stints where they're not the best so to me a guy who's not active at all. He's only fought in three times in the last four years. I can't take against a red-hot prospect like Francisco Prado. Prado had a really tough debut against Jamie Malarkey. I mean, a lot of guys would have lost their debut to Jamie Malarkey. That's a tough, tall task to take on as your debut. But he's still a super, super sharp striker. His boxing is, I mean, I'm not going to say otherworldly. I'm not going to go that far. But he has fantastic striking. I would definitely recommend watching this guy's pro debuts outside of the UFC or pro fights outside of the UFC. I just think between his youth and as active as he is, he should have a little higher gas tank. He's a tad sharper striking. He should be able to get it done. This is gonna be my NyQuil fight of the night. Next up we have Albert i have taken on Jun Young Park. Both these fellows are big bodied fighters who like to use their wrestling and pretty similar boxing. Why I believe this fight will be decided is Daraev's ability to maintain body control. We saw it in round one against N- Nijuku Wani. Duryev with a short, stocky body type. He can be a hard matchup for guys like Park who... When Park... If you watch Jin Young Park fight, he's a crisp boxer. He doesn't really have knockout power, which I think would really benefit him in this fight against a guy like Daraev. But when he's laying the jab on you, it's the, he'll throw a takedown in when he really can't figure out his jabbing or can't, like, get in his motion, get fluid with it. And I just think it's going to be really hard for him to do against a guy like Albert Darayev. It's going to be hard to take him down. It's going to be hard to outman him and just outwrestle him. I think Durayev is just a really bad matchup for Jun Young Park here, and he pulls it out. Next up, we have Numa Dermont taking on Chelsea Chandler in a very strange women's featherweight I know, women's featherweight's still around. One thing, I just could not stop thinking about this fight, I would really hate to see one of these two ladies get an impressive win, maybe even fight of the night bonus, and then they abolish this division. I don't know what that does for their career going forward, but I would hate to see it. Dumont has some great wins under her belt. Dumont is a solid striker who can mix in her clinch work, who's been around the block in terms of her opponents. Chandler is coming off her debut win over Storlanko. Chandler's a very aggressive, in your face, no quit type of fighter. She embodies what a Stockton California fighter is to me. I mean, obviously it's in reference to Nate and Nick, but she she fights just like them. I do believe here though that Dumont may be a little too well rounded for someone like Chandler. I think if she mixes in her control time with her striking like she did against Danielle, Wolf, she'll find a victory here. I think Chandler might have a little too much on her plate a little too early and Chandler I think would really benefit from being able to drop another 10 and going down I think her style of fighting would would just suit so well for the women's, for the women's band and weight especially a band and weight like I was just referencing earlier really could use some new prospects so she could drop that weight and go down I think she can have a good 5-10 fight run I think it would be good for her but I do think Dumont gets it done here Last fight I'm gonna diagnose is Terrence McKenney versus Nazim Sadikov. McKenney is a very volatile guy. <coughs> Excuse me. When he's on, he truly looks near champion level. But when he's off, he just looks gassed and has a somewhat questionable chin. Like I look at it this way. McKenney was beating Dober and looked like he was gonna finish him in round one. Drew Dober up to this date has only been finished once in his career, and that was by Matt Frivola. Terrence McKenna already beat Matt Frivola. So the UFC math is just not mathing with this guy. I love Terrence McKenney's personality. I love him as a fighter, but the volatility of him is just otherworldly. Like it's very rare you see guys who you actually think could compete for a championship and then lose to unranked guys. Like he's just one of those guys. McKenny, he's a damn good wrestler as long and as well as a striker, who he, he does have the ability to put you down, like I was just saying, he almost did against Stober. Sadikov on the other hand is a Chris Stryker. who we really haven't seen him tested wrestling or implemented any wrestling himself in his pro career. I really do think this could be Terrence McKenney's moment to shine, and I'm gonna pick him again, even though I picked him against Bonfim and said the same thing and he lost. I think this is gonna be his it think this is gonna be his moment. He's been training with Kevin Holland, maybe that changes his perspective on what his fighting career should be a little bit. He has a 4-inch reach. He has the ability to mix in his wrestling, unlike Sadikov. His striking is still pretty up to par. It's just going to be his cardio and his chin. That's going to be the two things to watch out for, ladies and gentlemen. Just watch his cardio, chin, and IQ. Watch completely how this guy fights. It'll just be very interesting to see if you get to see a champion for McKenny, or you get to see a guy losing to unranked guys, McKinney. I really hope this is his turning point. I would like to see him get in the ranked mix somewhere 15 to 20, maybe even 10. would be awesome for McKenny. to see how he does against the top guys. So, I did not get Max's picks in, but I do have Jeff's picks. Jeff went with Holly Holm, Jun Young Park, Francisco Prado, Terrence McKenny. He took JDM by finish as his lock of the night. I would highly recommend taking that if there's any value in it. And he took Azat, Merzikhanov. So... That's going to be his picks. My picks are at the end of each fight I diagnose Max's picks, if they get in in time, I'll have to add them to the Instagram profile. Please keep an eye out for his picks as well. Thanks for listening.